Greetings, everybody. This is Kurt DeGraff, the counseling pastor here at Stateville Church. And today I'm joined by my colleagues in ministry. We've got Meredith Jackson and Jesse Miller. Hello, ladies. Hello. Answer at the same time. <laughs> great to have you aboard. Our engineer is Tanner Archer, so grateful for his help. And so grateful for all of you who are tuning in today. We're going to be talking uh, in review about what we discussed on Sunday and that's relative to God help us to persevere. And as we do so, we're going to be putting a spin on it relative to our counseling ministry. And I hope that you will find it very helpful as we discuss these questions together. We uh, love the ministry of counseling, don't we, ladies? We do. Yes, we do we love do. it. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. yep. Sit down, front row seat into people's lives, listen to what's going on, and try to give them biblical input and hope and help from the gospel and the word of God. So we're really, really grateful for the privilege of uh, sitting together today and, and talking. So ladies, I'm gonna just jump right in and I'd like both of you to participate and share what's on your heart. Our message, as I mentioned this past Lord's Day was on persevering. And uh, from your counseling experience, ladies, how pervasive is the spirit of despairing give up and what causes Christians to be so discouraged? Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we both sit down with lots of ladies um, who, you know, some of them are struggling with an actual circumstance that's troubling them. Um, they want their circumstances to change. Sometimes it may be a physical ailment or um, something that's actually that they have no control over. But sometimes it is things that you know, we as women or as wives or whatever, we have we have control, some control over it. Um, there's marital issues um, that seem to be hopeless. And then I think sometimes it just comes down to their lack of faith and unbelief and thinking they don't believe that God's, God's in it for them or that he's going to help them overcome whatever the circumstance or the hard trial may be. Yeah, and even that phrase... Um give up or stop persevering. I almost have to think of it like um, as a doorstop. And when when that's down, when you've decided to kick that part of the door open, it lets, it lets lots of other sin in. Mm -hmm. So it kind of opens the door for discouragement, discontentment, anger, bitterness, um, relational struggles, um, kind of depressive, despairing feelings that then everything, if this is not going to go well, if I can't persevere in this one area, or I haven't figured out how to persevere to get the most successful result that I have wanted, mm. then I'm just, I'm just surrendered to let everything else in as well. And lots of times, maybe they're not even in the word. <laughs> they yeah. don't have a daily yep. walk with the Lord. So they have nothing to fill them with hope. Mm -hmm. so that they can what do you persevere. think? What do you think about uh, the friends we have or the neighbors that we consult? What impact do the people in our lives have on us? Kind of with the spirit of give up is is it endemic in our culture? Would you say? Absolutely, yeah. It's definitely a spirit of um, complaining <laughs> that seems to be real yeah. common in our mm -hmm. culture to just complain about it, or um, dare I even say, whine about yeah. it a little bit, and we call that venting and we call it getting it off our chest. But really what we're doing is not addressing the problem. 
mm-hmm. not trying to come at it with solutions that scripture talks about, but we just think if I worry about it, if I complain about it, if I talk about it enough, I'll figure something out or somehow it will change or or if God cares about me, this is the bottom line. If God cares about me, he's going to rescue me from this particular thing. And that complaining syndrome is rather contagious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Negatively so. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you sit around, people are ragging on this or you know, complaining about that. Pretty soon you're doing the very same thing <laughs> yeah. as yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And then you say, yeah, hang it. Yeah. And they just want to give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me go to another question. Biblical counseling is what we're all about. Uh, how how do we give hope to people? Because that's what we're trying to do. It's, biblical counseling is ultimately about giving hope. What are some Bible passages, because we're all about the Bible, what are some Bible passages and truths that you, you ladies use to give your counselees hope? This is our favorite question. Um, this is the this is the bones of biblical counseling. This is the the bread and butter of what we get to do with ladies every day. So Jesse and I were even talking about this a few minutes ago. Like we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Um, there's so many, so many passages that that speak to the hope that we have in Christ. Um, one that has been personal for me lately is Philippians 1, 9 through 11, which says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. That is key for me to then put me back in perspective. What am I doing and what is the point of all of this? I love to turn ladies to the Psalms and we just look through a whole bunch of different Psalms that are filled with truths of who God is and his character. Um, What does he promise us through his character? Um, He's loving, he's faithful, even in the midst of hard circumstances, he's he's merciful, Um, he's gracious. Um, I also love to remind Maybe someone who's struggling with sin that First John talks about, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive. That's the first step. <laughs> um, but as pastor's been, you know, was preaching through Ephesians, putting on the armor of God, we have to stand up to the devil every day. We have to put on the armor every day. So that, I think, you know, may not be hope-filled, but it is. It actually is. First um, Peter 5 talks about, you know, we all know that passage. It talks about cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he... He cares. Um, But in verse 10, it says, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace will, um, he will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And I just think that's so encouraging to be reminded, like this suffering isn't going to last forever. It's just a really good reminder. Another one that we go back to quite often is um, Philippians 4. Um, really all of Philippians, but Philippians chapter four, um, starting in verse six, most people come in with anxiety into the counseling office and it's anxiety, like under the umbrella of anxiety, but there's lots of other (laughs) stuff going on as well. And so this verse speaks to that. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to our favorite. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That helps quite a bit when you're talking about needing hope. It's such a good reminder that God does want to give me peace. I can talk to him about what's going on, and then I get to control my mind and go back to the things that are true over and over and over. What translation was that you were using, Meredith? Oh, I get asked this all the time on podcasts. I asked her last week. Um, this is the New Living Translation, Revision 3. <laughs> It's important for us to highlight that because, frankly, mm-hmm. a lot of people, they struggle to get something out of their Bible reading, and they mm-hmm. may be using a version translation that is not as helpful to them, mm-hmm. so they need to hear permission. Mm-hmm. It's okay to use a more modern translation because the best translation is the one you understand. Right. Mm-hmm. The Amplified is also a fun one to look through yeah. because mm-hmm. it gives lots of adjectives that you yeah. wouldn't think of, maybe. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. What are some pointers for ladies in your case that you're counseling to get into the word any any pointers you give them uh, i just mentioned using maybe a different translation anything else pop into your minds pointers well i mean they have to want to yeah <laughs> uh pray about that if there's no desire there mm-hmm. ask the lord to give you desire to actually be excited to be in the word there's lots of Bible plans out there. Um, maybe it's a specific topic that you're looking for that might help them get into the regular habit and then they can actually just read God's word mm-hmm. instead of just a plan or whatever. I think um, having someone that you can talk to about it as well, whether they're reading the same passage or not, um, someone who's going to ask you, okay, did you? And then what What did it teach you? What? How do you see the Lord? What are you, where are you looking for Jesus in this passage? And I think sometimes people who are really struggling Sometimes one of the things that Satan does is he keeps you from your Bible. And I love that the Lord knew that that was going to be a struggle for us. And so he included the fact that faith comes by hearing. So we live in an age where you can have the Bible on your phone. There's a number of different apps that will actually read it Mm -hmm. to you. So when you feel when you're low enough that you, you cannot even, but you know that you should be in your Bible, Having it read to you, whether you're a a young mom or a really busy professional, having it read to you in the car, having it read to you while you're doing the dishes, while you're in the shower, whatever you need to do to be able to absorb God's word in a way that you can think through, what is this challenging me to do? What is my response to the word? Not just did I do it? How is this actually going to apply to my life, to my relationships, to the way I view the world and what's going on in it? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just one verse a day, it's something. Mm -hmm. It's a good Mm -hmm. start. Yeah. On occasion, I'll ask guys, so what are you doing in your Bible reading time? And they'll tell me, maybe they're reading a number of chapters, and then I'll ask them the follow-up question. Mm -hmm. So what are you getting out of it? (laughs) If they're honest, they'll sometimes say, not a thing. (laughs) And I'll say, okay, then slow the boat down Mm -hmm. and try to dive in deeper. Mm -hmm. I I got this uh, listening to a a radio communicator, and I I love this, some step-by-step process for getting into the Word. He says, choose a passage, read and reread it, pray over it until God warms your heart, or instructs your heart. 
Then number two, write what you have learned down in a journal because writing really helps it to stick. It's, a, it's kind of a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Number three, then pray it back to God. That's a great way to pray. Pray God's word back to him. And then number four, tell someone what you learned. Yeah. I really found that helpful and instructive. We do have Bible reading plans in the office, the counseling office. If any of you listening would like to ask us about something, hey, get a hold of us on a Lord's Day or whatever, and we can point you in the right direction. Um, I just want to give you a couple of passages that really help me relative to the importance of hope from the scriptures. This is Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. For whatever was written in former days, that would be Old Testament truths, was written for our instruction, here it is, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. That sounds a lot like perseverance. And then in verse 13 of Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And we explained hope is having a confident of assurance, assurance of a better tomorrow, a better future. All right, let's go to another question, ladies. Um, I, I discussed on Sunday the uh, misplaced pursuit of many Christians who want celebrity status. How does our culture, including social media, push us toward personal promotion? It's confession time. We all struggle with this, don't we? Yes. Yeah. We, we, we want to be noticed, recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we hope you like this broadcast, we admit. <laughs> <laughs> but it can kind of go over the top. Um, mm-hmm. What... What is our culture doing to us, social media, that's pushing us toward personal promotion? Mm-hmm. It's gotten to our hearts, for sure. <laughs> um, it, it goes right to our emotions. And um, I think we have referenced back to the women's conference, to some of the things that Janet has said. Um, and one of them was, we do what we do because we want what we want. All the ladies who were there will say, mm, yep, I wrote that one down. And the other thing that she said was, I just want everybody to think I'm amazing all the time. <laughs> and so that sounds revolutionary, right? It, do- it actually doesn't sound revolutionary, but the revolutionary part is to realize that everybody mm-hmm. feels like that. To all- actually admit it. <laughs> yeah, all the time. So if that's the mm-hmm. case, then we're all seeking amazingness, awesomeness from everybody else. And that's exhausting mm-hmm. to try to continue to gain that. So it's this, the best word I can describe is this churning. It's just this constant need. It's a constant hunger for that approval, um, which really speaks to where do you find your value? Where do you find your worth? And where do you find your ability to be loved? The world mm-hmm. says it's in how many people think you're amazing mm-hmm. all the time. And scripture says that's found solely in Christ. We did this wonderful Ephesians series, which was, what, like 38 weeks long? <laughs> it was really, really long. And if you've been around Sailorville for those for a few years, you would remember those giant gift boxes that were on the stage with all of our identities that we are, we have because of Christ. And so that is in direct conflict to what the world wants us to think. I'm secure 
I'm adopted. I'm fully known and graced and loved because of Christ. I don't have to try to earn it. I don't get it based on likes or, I mean, sometimes it even comes through as, hey, this social media site can be your side hustle as Mm -hmm. well. So in this day where it feels like the dollar is not going even farther, social media can be a way for me to make more money for my family, except it's actually eating at your soul (laughs) while it's doing that. This is, I mean, this is, this is real life, real stuff. This is stuff that people are struggling with mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it leads to all kinds of sin in our hearts, right? Like envy, comparison, jealousy. Um, you know, everyone's trying to be something, be somebody, be noticed. Um, yeah, I just think it's so exhausting. I never, I'm not really on, I won't say never. I'm only on social media maybe to check up on some friends or, you know, see what, Christy Walker's doing in Germany or, you know, what the bears are doing in Brazil or because I know they're going to be posting and I love to see that. And so, you know, when I see the people who are selling stuff or like, I think I, you know, I have to be careful in my own heart that I'm not becoming jealous of that or them. Um, But at some point we have to be content. You know, we have to learn how to be content with who we are, what God's given us. And we don't need to strive, continually strive for this ambition of wanting to be somebody. (laughs) Can we just be content with who we are in Christ? Sometimes I think it helps to name the sins that that I struggle with, and not that social media is a sin. I'm I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not either. (laughs) But I am saying that it is a quick, slippery slope Mm -hmm. for me to covet. Covet... um, from like that cute pajama set that I just bought a cute a cute lounge set and I don't need another one but now I need another one. I'm not tempted by that one. <laughs> well, maybe for you it's lawnmowers or new somebody's always selling something and it's a really yeah. good deal. I think I need it. Yes. So coveting and I think that comparison. Yeah. And then the idol of I I I want the control and the comfort of knowing that I can affect how other people think of me. I can, if I post this, people are going to think that I'm a super great wife or a super great mom. And I can, I can manufacture how they feel about me if they tap that little heart button, if they say that they like it or if they save it or if they comment on it. For me, I'm, I'm just speaking for me, but I know that I'm not alone in that. Nope. That that I have to hold in front of the Lord and say, my worth is not found in that. We're very much given to appearances these days. When I go online and look around, I see a lot of people promoting their own appearance, their own looks. Mm -hmm. And that can, as you mentioned, it be rather slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Am I as beautiful as that lady? Am I as much a hunk as that man who's all ripped out? (laughs) You know, we look at those pictures like, uh, I don't compare well or whatever. Which leads me to my next question. Um, by the way, we ought not to compare ourselves with ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise. Again, we find our identity in Christ. But my next question talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that certainly does imply we need to try to to, to uh, honor the Lord in our appearances and keeping our bodies in shape. But Here's a question for you ladies. Given the fact that Scripture overtly says we are in our bodies temples of the Holy Spirit, in a counseling session, how do you help your counselees to honor God in this way? 
what do they need to do to discipline themselves to be godly? I mean, the scriptures say, 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself toward godliness. So help me out here, ladies. What are some disciplines to really bring this body into subjection to the glory of God? We were just talking about this. We don't want to answer this one. <laughs> this one, it's a little too close to home. We may not be workout queens. <laughs> um, which probably means that we can talk about it. We need to work on it. We, we do need. need to work on it. Um, this is a hard one um, because, well, I heard this the other day, and I think it was helpful to me um, as a woman, that Satan the first temptation that Satan gave was food. And so I think for for many people, not just women, I think many people that comfort or that control or the idol of food is one that we run to right away. It's what Satan tempts us with first because that's being a good provider. That's being something that's, that's a common indulgence that we can have. Um, I mean, like fast food. <laughs> Who yeah. doesn't want to stop? <laughs> I read a post today about this very issue where someone confessed, you know, endorphins are released mm-hmm. when you eat something you enjoy and it gives you a high, it makes you feel good, and we're trying to escape our problems. Mm-hmm. And so on occasion, folks may eat a whole half gallon of ice cream in one <laughs> sitting. Like, ooh, I think I overindulged there. Mm-hmm. Go on, ladies. <clears throat> Um, I actually turn all the way back to Deuteronomy 6, where it talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a lot of times in the counseling office, like Meredith already said, there's quite a few people who come in with anxiety or depression, and um, we have to help them train their mind to think biblically. And we have to start with the mind, and that then in turn will affect how they live and what they do and what they watch, what they say, what comes out of their mouth. Um, and like Meredith was talking about, you know, we have to, um, we have to train. We have to, mm-hmm. even though we may not want to. Um, so it also goes to what are you feeding yourself? She was talking about food, but, you know, are you feeding yourself on God's word mm-hmm. To fill your mind with truth on a daily basis. I think, you know, that's just the first thing I think of when I think of how to train your body. Well, it starts in your mind, mm-hmm. thinking biblically, thinking correctly, and hopefully that will guide, like I said, guide what you do and, and um, how you live. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse's mind went to the Old Testament. My mind went to the New Testament, to Hebrews chapter 12. Um And it's talking about the Lord's discipline in our lives. In verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And I love that reminder because so often I run to comfort, immediate comfort. So whether it's it's food or it's um, Netflix or maybe it's exercise or it's um, something, a pet or a person that you just go to instead of the Lord. Mm-hmm. If I can not run to the immediate comforts that Satan has put as sin in front of me, 
Not that they are in and of themselves mm-hmm. sin, but whatever Satan tries to put in front of Jesus, and I go to that instead of going to him, is sin for me. It's an idol. Mm-hmm. So if I can put that aside and go to Jesus first, I'm actually going to find comfort in Christ that will sustain me and that will last longer than whatever feeling drove me to be needing comfort to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so that applies to the counseling office for me, because there's so much in our lives, so many times women come in and they get to the point where they say, I can't, or I'm just done, or I can't figure this out, I don't want to do this anymore. And so feeling so badly requires so much more comfort to feel okay, mm-hmm. except we're looking for comfort over and over and over in the wrong places, in things that won't satisfy, mm-hmm. things that won't last. One of the things we see in the counseling office is, quite frankly, a death of discipline in our mm-hmm. culture. People really struggle to be disciplined. I'm looking across uh, the way here to Tanner Archer. His daughter, Jada, is an extraordinary musician. Mm-hmm. Scholarship to Cedarville University. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she practices like crazy. Right, my brother? Yeah, mm-hmm. she does because uh, that's what makes her good. That's why she's so excellent. It's, it's a matter of, in a sense, muscle memory. When you do something more and more, becomes a part of who you are. It's a discipline. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of disciplines we need in the Christian life. Everything from getting enough sleep mm-hmm. to eating the right things to exercising, our discipline in the Word and prayer and journaling, our discipline of being in a community group where we can have life-on-life discussions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on it goes. These are all disciplines that help us toward godliness. Mm-hmm. Extremely, extremely important. Mm-hmm. Hopefully those of you listening in today will hear something of a chemistry between those of us on our counseling team. We all love each other. We have a great time together. We work well together. We have a great chemistry. We're great, very grateful for that. But I'd be lying if I didn't say we all feel the pressure, the tensions, the, the taxing nature of counseling. Um, Ladies, uh, for those of us who do it regularly, what do you do personally to try to keep your life balanced, to persevere in your ministry of helping the hurting? How do you keep yourself from burning out? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, I've been on staff now a little over a year. um, And before, I was just volunteering my time and uh, meeting with ladies as often as I could um, because I loved it because I felt like God had called me to this place and we've been here for 21 years now. And that's just what I do. I check in on ladies and I love to do that. Um, But I think since going on staff and getting some of the, um, you know, the harder situations, meeting with ladies, I have noticed I need downtime. I need time to just pray over that person and the situation and then literally give it to the Lord. Um, I have to recognize that um, I can't change them. I can't change their hearts. Um, And that's up to the Lord. So um, that's obviously something that we all do, give give that person over to the Lord. Um, um, But I think, you know, the downtime um, walking, I do walk (laughs) on a daily basis. And I think, you know, sometimes it turns into a prayer walk. Sometimes it's just with my kids and my husband, you know, and we're just enjoying being outside. I need fresh air. And, you know, so all of those things um, 
are kind of what I go to. Um, but, you know, it also comes down to preaching the gospel to myself and knowing that I can only give them what the Lord has already given to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am praying daily for wisdom to know how to speak this word of truth that I think they need to hear, <laughs> how to challenge them um, in the right way, the best way that they could understand. Um, and, you know, the Lord is is blessed in some situations, and um, but it's okay to take a day off, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before Meredith jumps in, I'll, I'll just uh, contribute. I, I try to be consistent in the Word and in prayer and in journaling. Um, I try, like you, Jesse, to walk regularly because there are endorphins released in that regard mm-hmm. and it helps me keep uh, at least a little bit better in shape. And uh, it releases some of the tensions, mm-hmm. admittedly, that we pick up in counseling yeah. people. I, I enjoy listening to Christian music and singing along. There's something about rejoicing in the Lord that gets me off of me, <laughs> out of my own head, and looking up to the Lord. Music is good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in a few minutes, I'm going to be gathering with my community group, and Tanner's a part of that, and we have a good fellowship talking together. We really do need each other. Uh, these are all things that are helpful. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to somebody, offload some of the burdens, share prayer requests. These are all helpful things. Yeah, I was I was just going to say um it's only taxing because we love you. When you come into the counseling office, mm-hmm. we have we have prayed for you, we've mm-hmm. pre-prayed for you. Um we understand what it's like to be to be tempted by Satan. We understand when sin affects parts of your lives, whether it's your own sin or the sin in the world or sin specifically against you. And so our we love you, which is why we get to bear that burden with you, but why it's heavy as well is because we know that we are fighting against mm-hmm. an enemy that is not going to stop until the final battle. And we know that he loses, which is where our hope does ultimately come from, is that Jesus has already won. So um, some of the things, um, yep, already mentioned, we are walkers. Um, there's a couple other people on staff that like to talk about, close your rings, close your rings. Close <laughs> your like, rings. Did you get your 10,000 steps today? Yeah. <laughs> Hardly ever 10,000 steps. <laughs> but we try. Yeah. yeah. So walking, spending um, additional time in the Word, I think mm-hmm. just going back to that, um, I tell ladies frequently that that the largest part of my prayer time should be my own confession. Mm. Should really be to understand that that there I am also a saint who is struggling with sin. Mm. So you're when you come and see us in the office, it's not because we are perfect. It's not because we've got it all figured out or we are better than you. It's that we are in the same struggle with you. And the Lord has given us something to just pass along. Like Jesse said, he's not going to give us something that he, he's not going to have a challenge come in that he hasn't given us something to share. Mm-hmm. He goes before us in that way. So a couple other things that um, I do is have a set of prayer partners. And so I send my schedule, not not the details. I don't tell them who I'm meeting with or even what it's about, but when I have sessions through the week, um, and and I really try hard to be open about this week I'm feeling a little bit more under. This week it's sticky. You know, I try to use those words that um, 
it's it's not hard. It's not difficult to love people, but but your heart's involved, and so it can get it can get sticky and it can get kind of depressing sometimes when I forget. Now, this is honest. When I forget that I'm not the Savior, <laughs> as soon as I remember that Jesus is going to take care of it for you, instantly he takes my stress away, and I just get to pray, which I think is so valuable. Another thing that um, Jason and I have done um, is we protect a day off together fiercely, mm-hmm. f- almost ferociously, so mm-hmm. trying to really take that Sabbath and just spend extra time with the Lord that day to kind of fill up and refuel um, has been really, really great. Um, and then in a super practical way, like getting a pedicure, <laughs> getting a massage, <laughs> something like that. Tanner and I do that all the time, don't we, Tanner? You should try it. Can't, don't knock it till you've tried <laughs> You could get a chair massage at the mall. They're like 15 bucks, maybe 20. Yep. That does sound inviting. They actually feel really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, I'm going to give you a chance to gather your thought here a moment. Maybe one last thing you would share to our listeners about how they can persevere in their faith walk. Anything in conclusion you'd like to say while you're gathering your thoughts? I just want to remind everybody that is in Christ that Jesus goes with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never give up on you. He perseveres in his love relationship. Do you not know, Scripture asks, that your bodies are the members of Christ? As we've already reviewed, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Wherever you go, God goes. He goes with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? So hang in there, my Christian friend. Don't give up. Persevere to the very end. We theologians like to talk about the perseverance of the saints. That just means that God will enable us to keep clinging to him right on through to the very end when we're promoted to heaven. He's going to see us through. He's going to finish the work. So, Mm -hmm. ladies, anything uh, in uh, conclusion here you'd like to share to encourage our listeners to persevere? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll go first, I guess. Um, I guess for the person who maybe is struggling with um, unbelief, just a reminder of you know, putting your faith in God. He's a big God. He's bigger than all the circumstances that we may be struggling with or frustrated with or feeling like giving up. Um, I was reading in Mark 9 the passage about the um, the demon-possessed boy, right, where the dad says, I believe, help my unbelief. And that was just super challenging to me. Um, you know, we have we have situations in our own life that we're like, oh, is the Lord going to provide the money for this and that or whatever, you know? Um, but I can also believe in faith that he will provide. He always does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't leave us destitute. Um, so anyway, that would be one of my last thoughts is where where's your faith? What are you putting your faith in? Is it in yourself or is it in God? Mm. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate your contributions here today. Meredith, a final word from you? Yeah, I would say... Um, if you're struggling to persevere, to get into the Word and to find a verse where you are assured that the Lord hears you, that He sees you, that He is in control, that He is sovereign and providential over all, and that you can trust Him. 
And so there have been a few of those in my life that I've gone back to over and over. But one of them um, is Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6, which say, uh, I have trusted in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he has been so good to me. So regardless of what is going on in my life, that's true. He's proven that over and over and over, and I can go back to that. And every time I read that passage, it's almost like a movie clip. I have clips in my mind of ways that he has proven himself unfailing, and he had proven himself good. And in the ESV, I think it says steadfast love, immovable love for me, not based on my performance, not because I work for a church, but because of Christ. That's where it goes back to. Amen. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you both, ladies, and thank you, Tanner, for being our engineer today. We really do care about you, and if you need some help, that's why we counselors are here. Please uh, contact the office and uh, let us know of your interest, and uh, we're here to try to assist you in giving you hope to persevere in the Christian walk. I'd like to pray for those of you listening today, and then we'll make uh, we'll, we'll we'll put a wrap on this. But l- let's just pray for those listening in, Father. Thank you that you are enough and that you are sufficient. Thank you for giving us Jesus who persevered to the very end. And he, he endured despite all the persecution and the mocking and the scourging and the crucifixion. And uh, he rose again from the dead. And now he, he's praying for us and he lives inside of us by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you are going to give us what we need as we look to you in faith Please comfort and encourage all those who are struggling today. May they exercise hope and may they evidence the uh, discipline of perseverance for your glory, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening.